Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at Strad. Patricia Kopitschinskaya spoke to me about her recent program of Janacek, Bartok, and Brahms, including how she has to embody the composer's wishes on stage. Not only has she recorded this program of violin sonatas with pianist Fazl Say, she has also taken it on tour. How does she keep the pieces fresh and spontaneous on the road and in collaboration? Have a listen to her insights on performing these works. Patricia, Pat, welcome to the Strad podcast. Um, Lovely to have you here today. First of all, I just want to congratulate you on your new album that you've released with your pianist colleague Fazil Say, featuring violin sonatas by Janacek, Brahms and Bartok. So three quite large staples of violin sonata repertoire. Can you tell me why did you decide to choose this combination of three pieces? You know, sometimes pieces start to grow in yourself, like babies. You get pregnant (laughs) with them and then you feel it's ready to go. That was our feeling very much about Janacek, Bartok and Brahms was the wish of Fazil and I tried to understand this music and to inhale it as much as I could and I think I tried to find also a language where I could communicate with this music. Janacek is music which is torn, disturbed, absolutely out of any box if you think of the pieces of that time. It is so strong that it evokes explosions and pain in me. Every time when I play it on stage, I'm afraid of my life and the health of my soul. I think it's very important to go that far with this music. Only then it starts to become the meaning or the power that it has inside. One, One should not be afraid to be afraid. Bartok is just a, a, a wucht, I don't know how to say in English. It's an animal that is in, in any way uncommon, uncomfortable to the audience and at the same time very fearless with lots of fire, rhythms, folk, music, pulsation. I think this is something that Fazil and me is just eating and thinking every day. And Brahms is a classical piece, which I think is played too classical. So I wanted to find a new frame for that piece. I was thinking about impressionistic paintings, about colors that would give to this music less weight or fat, but more transparency and dream-like world. Yeah, there is much to say, but I, th- I think the, the music speaks for, for itself. Yeah, of course. That's interesting, though, because it is common that Brahms is, is done in quite a well, a more heavy way rather than lighter brushstrokes of an impressionistic interpretation, as you mentioned. And then interesting that you mentioned before about Janacek and Bartok, this pain that you feel within yourself every time you perform it. And that sort of leads me to what I wanted to ask you next about taking this program on tour, because not only is it an album, but you've also completed a European tour in December last year. 
and you will do so again later this year. Touring in itself can be so exhausting. And you mentioned also the pain within the music in performing these pieces. What are your strategies for maintaining physical but also mental health on the road, especially if you're performing works which are quite intense, quite heavy? I think there is no recipe. Every piece, as more you go inside it, as more you play it, takes power on you. If you allow it, then you is the, the only way of playing it. If Bartok says I'm arrested in dissonances, so I have to become arrested in his dissonances. Actually, we have to become Bartok, Janacek and Brahms and whatever we play, we have to become these composers. And it feels like you mm-hmm. write again and again the same piece, but you are looking for different ways of communicating with this piece of telling the story even for different stories that appear in course of your life playing these pieces so much in fact this is also the problem of this music which we play so many times sometimes i think that we don't feel it anymore because we know it if you are at home in classical music you start to get it like something normal on your menu but i think we have to die before and while we play in every single note. And this is very difficult to stay safe (laughs) mentally also, as you say. Touring is a thing of being very disciplined. For me, the survival is, the key is in sleeping enough and concentrating on the very nuclear of, of the music. So, in a, in a way, I disappear and my body is just helping me to carry the suitcase and to move myself from one city to the other, from one country to the other, from one hotel or stage to the other. On stage, I feel very much at home and there I try to evoke in myself spaces like a theater director to make a new uh, scenographies, a new stage design, new costumes, new actors in every single piece. And so I refresh my perception. And so every piece is never boring, but always in kind of development and part of not only my thoughts, but of my being. I feel every time like being sick or becoming <laughs> the sickness of the piece. I like the parallel that you draw there with working in theatre, theatre directors, you know, communicating the stories, these stories of music that we tell time and time again, um, and how it is important to be uncomfortable in order for it to keep fresh, you know, so that it's different every single time, because as you mentioned, it's easy to think you're doing the same thing over and over again. You know, when you're working with Fazil on these pieces, you know, in order to keep things fresh and spontaneous each time, what's your approach when you're on tour and you're doing these pieces, this program, repeatedly? Do you find that you have to rehearse a lot or do you shy away from rehearsing in order to protect yourself in a way? It's different. If the concert was... Not so great. <laughs> of course, we have to uh, <laughs> gather together and work, adjust, maybe speak about something. But we don't speak very much. We are 
quite unverbal animals. The togetherness with Fazil is something very intense, but also familiar to my understanding of making music and also supporting each other, being together as a sister and brother, I would say. It feels like a family. I think it's very dangerous to become the ownership on a piece. We have to understand it's, it's like love or our lives. It's something that is given to us as a gift and we cherish it and carry in honor and love. And the touching the sky or, the, or this other world, this besides, the, the, something that we, we cannot describe actually, this is a moment that you cannot really practice. So what we practice is <laughs> we prepare the stairs again and again and then we try to go up to this sky or heaven or, or hell, <laughs> up or down, I don't know. <laughs> and then we don't know what happens. Yeah. But we cannot take the whole responsibility of the result. Yeah, we, we just mm-hmm. can hope. So... In saying that, to do with performance and, you know, thank goodness that live performance is back now following the last few years that we've had and you're able to present these works to audiences around Europe. But then also going back to the recording, you know, we've talked a bit about how it's different every time you're on stage, but how do you regard the recording in terms of it being just a snapshot of that day or those days in the studio? A recording is is actually disturbing me in, in the life of the piece. This is documentation of a moment, like a photography, but mm. it's not really the truth. The truth is very fragile and it's impossible to, to put in any frame or material, not on paper, yeah, to, to catch, to touch. It's something very personal and it's changing also. So what we recorded is not anymore valid and it will be never valid actually. But also what we play in a concert is also disturbing the piece because the life goes on. And I think life is is the the way that it goes. It's kind of photoshop or you know plastic surgery when you create something that ideally you'd like to hear or see. But as I said, it's just a constructed moment. Pat, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. That was Patricia Kopachinskaya. Make sure to check out the February 2023 issue of The Strad, where Patricia and Fazl's album is garlanded with a Strad Recommends title. So check the show notes for more info. And don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. If you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. Not forgetting we've got 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a little review or rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.